Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to the Inner Life for a Tuesday. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond, and so glad to have you here with us on the Inner Life today. Let me ask you, are you routinely late wherever you're trying to get to, wherever you're going? Are you late to appointments, late to work, late to school, late to meeting up with family or friends? Uh, It doesn't matter where it is. Are you just always a little behind? Well, how about are you one of those people who are habitually on time or maybe you make it a point to always be early? Um, Does waiting for somebody else who is late, does waiting for them drive you crazy? You, You just find yourself getting more and more impatient as you're waiting for them to show up. Are there times that you've been late to something and you've missed out, whatever it might be? You just you can't get that time back. You can't get that opportunity back. Or are you just too late? There are some times where you might be too late for whatever it is, but there's many times where it's not too late. You can still accomplish something. You can still get something done. And uh, take, for example, some of these names that you might recognize, like Duncan Hines. If you're like me, you probably automatically go to the box on the shelf in the supermarket, right? Cake mix or brownie mix. The real Duncan Hines, he was 55 years old when he wrote his very first food and hotel guide. And it wasn't until he was actually 73 years old that he officially licensed the right to use his name to the company that developed those Duncan Hines cake mixes that we all see on the grocery store shelves. Another name, Anna Mary Robertson Moses. Uh, If you would have told me that name, I wouldn't have recognized it. I always knew her as Grandma Moses. Uh, She's an artist, and she began her painting career when she was 78 years old. In fact, in 2006, one of her paintings sold for $1.2 million. Rodney Dangerfield, the comedian, right? No respect. He's famous for being that regular uh, face on late-night television back in the 70s and 80s, starring in several comedy movies. But he didn't actually get his big break until he made an appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show, and he was 46 when that happened. Uh, Julia Child, that's another great name from television, the famous chef. And she originally worked in advertising and media And that was before she ever wrote a cookbook, and it wasn't until she was 51 years old that she ended up finally making her television debut in her popular show, The French Chef. Henry Ford, another famous name, right? Uh, Any idea how old he was when he rolled out his revolutionary Model T Ford? He was already 45 at that point. Another couple names for you, Harlan Sanders. Uh, might not be as familiar, but that last name, Sanders, you probably know him as Colonel Sanders, the founder and the face of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Did you know that he was 62 years old when he originally franchised his very first Kentucky Fried Chicken? 
Twelve years later, that was in 1963, after growing to over 600 KFC locations at age 73, he sold the franchise business for about $2 million, and that would equal to just a little shy of $17 million today. And one last name here for you, Laura Ingalls Wilder, and you might be familiar with her name because of her books and the television show that was adapted from those books, The Little House on the Prairie, that ran back in the 70s and the early 80s. Laura Ingalls Wilder, she published her very first book of the Little House books when she was 65 years old. A lot of different examples of people here who didn't think it was too late to try something new, to to try making it in a field, you know, maybe switch to a different business idea. And that's what we want to talk about on the show, not in regards to a professional career or some sort of business venture, but we want to talk about it's not too late in regards to Lent. We're on the back half of Lent right now. Uh, We've got a little less than two weeks until Holy Week comes along. And sometimes when we're late to something, we think, well, I missed out. It's not really worth doing at all. I'll get it the next time around. But it, it is not too late to make it a meaningful Lent. And so we want to ask you, how is your Lenten journey going? Have you had the best of intentions, but you haven't really been able to do what you wanted to do this Lent? How have you been able to motivate yourself to stick with your Lenten spiritual goals? What has helped you to keep on track? Or if you did get a late start, how are you making the rest of this Lent meaningful? And we want to have this conversation with you and, of course, with one of our regular spiritual directors, Father Bobby Blood. He is the priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and currently the associate priest at Holy Family Church in Rockford. And Father Blood, welcome to The Inner Life today. Uh, So glad to have you here with us. Thank you so much. It's good to connect with you and all the folks at Relevant Radio. Yeah, and so as we start talking about there's still there's still time. It's not too late. You can make it a great Lent. Uh, maybe we should start with the purpose of Lent and talk about what is Lent supposed to mean for us as Catholics. We can talk about that, you know, as for our, ourselves individually, but also as a community, as a parish community or as a family. What is the purpose of Lent, Father? Yeah, I think it's easy to look at the season of Lent and just see it as a time of sacrifice, and in a lot of ways it is a time of sacrifice, right? Oh, we don't eat meat on Fridays. Oh, we, uh, you know, maybe give up chocolate or the glass of wine at the end of the day. Um, But it's really a season of preparation. Uh, So Lent, I think, is this 40 days of setting aside our uh, preferences in a lot of ways um, to add more prayer to add some almsgiving, some fasting, in order to kind of keep our eyes fixed on the fact that the resurrection is right around the corner. So it's the season of preparation to get our hearts prepared to really receive in a deep way the gift that Jesus offers on Easter. I I am a convert to the Church, and I do have to say, the very first time I ever went through Lent as a Catholic, um, I practiced a little bit of Lenten fasting before that, but um, I grew up as a Baptist. The first year that I actually celebrated Easter as a Catholic, it was the best Easter, I think, of my entire life, not just because of having an Easter where I can receive the Eucharist and, you know, I mean, different things like that, but it really did have that build up to Easter that was different than anything I had ever previously known. So that preparation, I, I so personally identify with that, and I, I've i grown to where the Lenten season and looking ahead, especially being able to participate in 
the Holy Thursday Mass, the Good Friday service, the Easter Vigil Mass, the just leading up to Easter, uh, it really does make that a special time of year. Um, so as we look at that preparation, if we're a little late to the game here, do we try and make up the distance that we've lost already, or no, let's just start here and make the rest of the season good? Yeah, I think my perspective would be to to just start today, right? Yesterday is gone, and we've only been given today. So I think if we try and, and make up for you know, the lost time one for one, we're going to get burnt out pretty quick. Um, but instead to say, you know, um, I haven't really set aside time to, to enter into the season. Today's the perfect day to do that. Right? And we have a few short weeks before Easter, but uh, the Lord does a lot of the work in our soul for us. And so it's it's that moment to say, okay, I'm going to practically think about what are some ways that I can enter into this in a new and fresh way, um, and just run with the Lord, right? Um, instead of kind of sitting in that shame or that despair, because I think trying to, to lay it on thick uh, so we really feel the 40 days of, of, of preparation and, you know, two weeks, it's just going to end up where uh, we don't fulfill what we're, we're hoping to do and we're just going to be tired by Easter. Um, so I think it's it's the perfect time to just start, and, and we have these two weeks, and, and we make the best of it. Well, and it also makes me think that uh, not only will be will we be tired, but you'll probably stress yourself out, and that's not what the Christian life is about. It's not to try and stress ourselves out um, so that we can try and just accomplish a goal. And, it, you know, I, I, I saw somebody... I don't know if it was on Facebook or Twitter, but somebody put out there this this um, comment, and it might have been on Ash Wednesday or the Thursday right after Ash Wednesday, and it was something along the lines of our attitude should really be focused on our spiritual growth. If we're if we're only fasting with an aim to lose weight and get in better shape physically, but we haven't grown in our relationship with Christ by the time we reach Easter Sunday, we've really missed out on something at that point, haven't we, Father? I think so. I think so. In its very nature, I think liturgical living, to really enter into the heart of the seasons the Church gives us, is um, one that's inviting us deeper into relationship with the Lord. And so we notice certain things do kind of bleed into the rest of society, right? Whether you're you're a practicing Catholic or not, everybody knows you know you give up chocolate for forty days. But to really enter into the season and the way that the church intends is to sort of uh, be, walk with Christ, right? We see that with some of the Lenten practices, the Stations of the Cross, or maybe praying the Sorrowful Mysteries, uh, walking with Christ for these 40 days uh, in his life and in his suffering, um, that sort of primes our heart um, to become softer to those who are in need. That plays out with almsgiving or softens our heart um, so we might be more grateful uh, for the gift that, that Christ gave us on the cross. But it does, when, when we take these maybe practical things that we do and really tie it with our spiritual life, it starts to bear fruit, both in our soul and in our communities and our parishes, and uh, prepares us that we too might get to that Easter season and, and live that to its fullness as well in our spiritual life, not just in practical living. So let's suppose that uh, I have been, I, I started out Ash Wednesday, 
And this has been the case for me in past years where I have these ambitious goals for praying and for fasting and almsgiving. But then life just happens, right? I mean, you're good for Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and, and, you know, that first Sunday. and, And you get past that and you're into that first full week of Lent. And somewhere in there, all of a sudden, life just kind of keeps running at you because, you know, you have all these other things that are happening around you and they don't care that you're, you know, trying to add extra prayers into your life or that you're trying to, you know, fast from this or that, uh, that you're trying to spend more time focusing on these different aspects of, of your Lenten sacrifices and penances, the prayers. So then all of a sudden you find yourself falling back to where, you're kind of doing, and I don't want to say maybe a bare minimum, but it really isn't at the same level that you were hoping to achieve as you were getting ready for Ash Wednesday. So is it okay if I'm just doing a little bit just because that's what my schedule allows? Or is that maybe do I need to reevaluate where my priorities are if I can only devote that much time to those three pillars of Lent, um, if I'm not making those bigger strides in my prayer and my fasting and the almsgiving? Yeah, I think as, as all things in the spiritual life, there's a balance. So um, some things in our life are outside of our control. And so if we made these lofty goals and now we realize they're they're very difficult to fulfill and we start to feel that stress and pressure like you mentioned, uh, that might be a time to, to start to have that conversation with the Lord. I think it's it's not shameful to go back and have another conversation with Jesus. Even if, let's say, the Tuesday before Lent, you had a conversation with the Lord and he laid out this plan, if you're feeling overwhelmed or you feel like, ah, oh, man, I fell you know, off the wagon for a week and I don't know how to get back on, enter again into that dialogue with Jesus. He doesn't just kind of say, here's what you got to do. Okay, kid, go ahead and do it. Uh, he wants to be a part of that journey. But also, we don't want to write it off and say that, oh, life's too busy, I can't handle it. We also want to kind of find that that middle tension where, you know, it's a little bit stretching for me to get up earlier and pray. So maybe we don't get up an hour earlier, but we could get up 20 minutes earlier and spend a little extra time in prayer. So to be realistic, right, we feel the tension of, of offering things to the Lord, but not uh, breaking our back so far that we're going to be left in despair or, or stress, like you said. So I think right now is the perfect time to maybe reevaluate, to sit down with the Lord and, and have a candid conversation. Where's the fruit been? What's the grace been that you've gained in, in the sacrifices you've been making? Is there more that you could do? Is there uh, maybe something that you're doing that hasn't been fruitful and the Lord wants to, to show you maybe a little bit of a lighter load that works with the way uh, life is flowing right now. Uh, it's it's one of those things I think as Catholics we we feel that pressure of, well, I kind of promised myself and the Lord I would do this. That's a beautiful thing. But he's still here and he's still present and he still wants to, to talk to you about that. Mm. Yeah, I would think that that also applies then to somebody if they've set some very easy Lenten sacrifices, and it's turning out maybe to be a little too easy, (laughs) and you don't feel like there's that spiritual progress if you're not being stretched, if you're not being kind of challenged in your spiritual growth. Um, Again, it might be a good point to reevaluate and might be able to add a little something extra into the mix for the, the next few weeks before Easter. Yeah, I, I recommended to a lot of folks this year to, to, to go easy on themselves because I think a lot of folks have had a long year. And so 
the smaller sacrifices are enough for a lot of people. But as you know, things start to open up again, and as people start to feel maybe a little more freedom, or they recognize, oh, the, the snow is melting, the sun is coming out, life is here. Maybe they feel a little more lightness and freedom, and and in that you could say, okay, I think I, I have the energy to to take on a little more um, in whichever of the three pillars uh, the Lord is calling us. So it's it's a good time to do that. Our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life is Father Bobby Blood, and he's a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. And we're talking about how's Lent going for you? How's that Lenten journey going? Have you had some good intentions, but maybe you haven't really stuck with what you wanted to accomplish this Lent? Or maybe you have been able to motivate yourself and keep up with those Lenten spiritual goals. What's helped keep you on track? Or what are some things, if you are getting a late start, how are you going to try and make the rest of Lent meaningful? And we'd love to hear how God is working, how the Holy Spirit is leading in your life. You can give us a call at 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You can email us, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com, and we'll have more on making it a good Lent. It's not too late. You can still make it a good Lent. More of that coming up here next on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com forester. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Call in now to share your story with our Inner Life spiritual directors. 1-888-914-9149. That's 1-888-914-9149. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome back. I'm Josh Raymond along with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood. He's a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. And uh, we're taking your phone calls, 888-914-9149, as we talk about Lent. How is your Lenten journey going? Uh, Have you been able to stick with all the things you wanted to accomplish, or have you found it pretty difficult? And are you having to kind of regroup at this point and say, I want to make it a good Lent, but I'm kind of at a point where I'm re-evaluating or I'm starting over? Um, Maybe you've had a good Lent. What's helped keep you on track? If you got a late start, how are you making the rest of Lent meaningful? Again, that phone number, 888-914-9149. And I also want to tell you, Drew Mariani, this was something I wanted to bring up. He wrote a brand new book. I don't know if you've heard about this. Uh, We just announced it um, just at the end of last week. It's entitled Divine Mercy. And you might be aware that the Sunday after Easter is Divine Mercy Sunday. It'd be a great thing to have and be able to read before Divine Mercy Sunday. Um, It's at the printer right now. We're going to try and get it to you as quickly as we can. Um, But it really is a fantastic read, whether you're brand new to the the devotion and the message of Divine Mercy, or maybe you are familiar with it. I promise you're going to get something out of reading Drew's book. He shares the message that Jesus gave to St. Faustina, some of the history, along with all kinds of different miracles and people who have been transformed by God's healing mercy. And if nothing else, it's just going to make you want to share that message of divine mercy with everyone you know. And the best part of this 
is it's free. You don't have to pay for shipping or handling. The book is absolutely free. We just want to get it out to you to promote devotion to Divine Mercy and to have that impact on our lives, on our culture, on our world. So all you have to do is go to RelevantRadio.com or the Relevant Radio app, and you'll see a banner there for Drew's book, Divine Mercy. Just click on that, and you can register for it, and we'll send it to you absolutely free. Again, here on The Inner Life today, we're talking about Lent and making it a good Lent, and especially if you got a late start. And Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Cindy, who is listening in the Twin Cities out in Minnesota. Hi, Cindy. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my phone call. I just thought I would share um, how I am late, um, late to the game here, a little late start for my Lenten journey. I did try to give up something for Lent, and pathetically, I only made it like one day, so I felt horrible. But just a couple weeks ago, I think the Holy Spirit was talking to me because he was just saying, it's time to get back to church because I was a regular attender before COVID. But then when churches shut down and then they reopened, I could have safely gone back with the distancing and everything. But selfishly, I chose not to. And yet I was, you know, I traveled to Mexico, I go to restaurants, but I just used it as a time out and I felt horrible for the longest time and so something just told me recently it's time to get back Cindy so I just thought I'd share that that it just felt so good to be back and I went to confession first just because it was on my mind and I wanted to get back before it became an obligation again because it's not that to me. So I just thought I'd share that, that it feels so good to get back. And I feel like now that I'm back, I'll be a regular attendee again. And I'm not going to just pick and choose which weeks I feel like it. This is, this is what I'm called to do. Wow, Sandy. Well, we appreciate you sharing that with us. I, th- I think that's right on. And it's beautiful to hear the witness of, of the Spirit speaking, right? to realize even though your original Lenten sacrifice fizzled out in a few days. Uh, the Holy Spirit was still present there, and you were still docile to hear Him and His invitation. So uh, that's that's beautiful, especially as a witness to all of us to to try and return to the sacraments if if we feel safe and our churches are open um, as a simple way, right, as we talked about. Um, one question for you: that moment where you kind of felt the Holy Spirit prompting you. Um, to come back to, to Mass. Um, was that in a certain prayer time that you'd set aside? Was it just kind of a thing in your mind that, that he was prompting throughout your day? How did that, that come about? Um, well, I usually would set up um, some prayer time each morning or most mornings, but it was just kind of, well, he spoke to me for a while, and finally I'm like, yep, <laughs> it just kind of hit. So it was in, I guess, prayer time or just just knowing. I just, I, it was so obvious that, it was a message from him, yeah. Uh, well, we thank you for that witness. And, and again, that's an invitation to all of us, I think, to to be in that dialogue with the Lord to see uh, maybe one thing we can do before Easter to make this a good Lent is to return to confession, return to Mass. I know, at least at my parish, there's a lot of confession times. It's a, it's a good time to return and um, come and, and meet the Lord in a deep and tangible way. 
Yeah, and, and one of the things I know at our parish, our priest is offered, if somebody wants to uh, have confession but they don't feel comfortable being inside, he'll, he'll make the trip out to your house and he'll sit in your front yard with you and, you know, uh, just quietly and discreetly allow you to make confession right there. And, and uh, so I'm sure there are all kinds of different opportunities at different parishes for people to make that. One of the things, Father, that really struck me in what Cindy said, too, is uh, she wanted to she wanted to take that step forward before it was an obligation, and I think that right there is a mindset and an attitude that really can help us not just in Lent but in our spiritual lives in general. When we look at our relationship with God and we say, "Well, I'm obligated to go to Mass on Sunday, and I'm obligated to do this, and I'm obligated to do that, so I'm just going to do the bare minimum. I'm going to do the basics that I have to do to be in good standing as a Catholic. If that's all we're doing, if you, if you do that at your job, you're probably not going to progress very far. If you do that in your marriage, your marriage is really going to suffer if all you're doing is the bare minimum and you're saying, well, I'm obligated to do these things. But as Cindy said, being able to say before it's an obligation, I love God, I love my relationship with my Savior, with Jesus, and I want to make that something that I put the effort into. It, it makes that huge difference in the way we approach our faith. It does. It reminds us that this whole thing is bigger than ourselves. Right? The, the worship and honor that God is due is, is uh, worth going out for, but it's also something that's good for our soul. You know, it can be easy if we get in the habit of, of not going or we get in the habit of setting aside things that we used to do in the spiritual life. It can be easy to forget the graces that we've received. Right? And we take for granted when we go in week in and week, week out that the Lord is doing things in our soul. And so to make that choice and freedom to return to, to Mass and to return to certain kinds of prayers and sacrifices, not because we have to, but because it's good for our soul and we love God and want to offer that to Him, it, it's a deeper sort of action. It's a deeper sort of reaction to the Lord's grace. Um, and it goes a long way. Our spiritual director is Father Bobby Blood, and we're taking your calls, talking about how to make it a meaningful Lent, especially if you're getting a late start or, you know, maybe you, you had good intentions, but you just didn't quite follow through on everything you wanted to do this Lent. How can we still make Lent count as we head towards uh, Holy Week coming up in less than two weeks? You can give us a call and share your story, or if there's something you've been struggling with, uh, trying to make Lent meaningful, uh, the number is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And let's go to Barb, who's listening to Relevant Radio in Winfield, Illinois. Hi, Barb. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Hi. Um, well, I just wanted to um, tell you that I, we, I've kind of started my journey. I'm doing a 90-day, and it started January 4th. I'm a member of the uh, Rockford Diocese, but I jumped in on the Joliet Diocese with Father Burke Masters, and it's a wonderful program called Be Formed. So it's a little bit longer. You have certain commitments. You meet with a small group uh, you know, on Zoom once a week, and that's really good because you get encouraged by your other um, fellow people who are accountable to you. You have an accountability partner also. And then, um, but by the time Ash Wednesday came, I was kind of like puttering along, running out of gas a little bit. But then I was also doing a book by uh, Ascension Press by Father Mark Topes. And it was just wonderful about, you know, temptation and sin. And and now he's, um, and I would just say for those who are just can't, they can't do it, it just go to reconciliation. I know a couple people before me have mentioned that too, but 
that's the jump start that I had that made me keep going. And, you know, um, it is difficult, but then you're reminded that the suffering is for who you're suffering for and what at the end, you know, what Jesus did for you on Good Friday, you know. So, but, um, so I'm grateful to have been a part of, you know, be a part of the deformed program. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful that you found a program that uh, was able to kind of, one, uh, set some practices in play, but also to, to build that community. I think that's one thing that oftentimes right in the scriptures it says we you know uh, pray, we go to the inner room. When we sacrifice, don't let the right hand know what the left is doing. But in another sense, we are communal beings. And so I, I love the witness of, of having a small group, an accountability partner, somebody to to be able to bounce things off of and to talk about the things we're experiencing. And even we mentioned kind of fizzing out a little around Ash Wednesday to realize that, you know, we have these resources and these opportunities to keep going. Um, And like you pointed out, first and foremost, returning to reconciliation and allowing the grace of Jesus to kind of be the food that we need uh, on our journey through Lent. So we, we appreciate you sharing your, your experience. Yeah, thanks for calling in, Barb, and sharing that with us. And again, if you'd like to call the program, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. And uh, Father, as we're talking about uh, kind of making the most of Lent here, even if we get this late start, one thought that comes to my mind, too, is the thief on the cross. You know, there's those uh, last-minute kind of deathbed conversions that they do happen. And of course, it's a blessed and wonderful thing when someone comes to repentance at that last moment of their lives. But for us, if we already know, if we have that knowledge of the truth of salvation and eternity, and and we know what the Catholic Church teaches, we really shouldn't be waiting until the last minute to try and put it into practice or try and play catch-up at the end. We We want to look for how is God leading in our lives so that we don't put things off. Um, I, I think that's kind of an important point to make here is, you know, as we're talking about, no, it's not too late. Of course it's never too late. But we don't want to approach our faith life with that kind of an attitude either. Yeah, I, I've talked about certain—talking to certain people about anointing of the sick. You know, they'll wait until the last possible second to call the priest, and then I find out they've been in the hospital for a week— I should have called a week ago. I would have been here, you know. It's, it's I think, our tendency sometimes to just kind of kick the can to the last second in a lot of ways. Um, but we have been given the grace of today. And especially if, if you're well-versed in the faith, uh, we know better. Right? It's, it's almost like um, a teenager who knows the right things they're supposed to do, but um, because of, of their weakness, rebels and pushes against it. I, I think sometimes we have that feeling in our own heart where um, we might get frustrated or tired and we just kind of push things off, maybe lazy. Um, But we've been given today, and I think you're right on that we don't want to wait until the last second and just presume that we have tomorrow Um, because who knows, right? Right. Something might happen tomorrow. Something might happen today. So we have this moment to, to say, I want to keep my eyes fixed on Christ. I want to unite my suffering with him. And I want to hope for the life that is to come and allow that to dictate how we live our day in and day out. Right? We're Christians in every moment, not just on Sundays, not just, you know, when it's convenient. Right. Well, and 
if if we're living out our faith, <laughs> it's probably not going to con- be convenient most of the time. Uh, <laughs> that's probably not going to be the case. Our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, and we're talking about Lent, especially if you're you're just trying to get back on track with your Lenten journey during this season. As we look ahead, less than two weeks until Holy Week is here. Well, uh, that's what we're talking about today. Have you wanted to make this a good Lent, but for some reason it got stalled? Or uh, is it something where you really have been able to stay on track? What have been some of the helpful things that have encouraged you, that have been able to keep you on course? We'd love to hear how God is working in your life. And, uh, you know, of course, your stories encourage so many others that are listening out there. Give us a call, 888-914-9149. That's 888-914-9149. You can email innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll have more on Lent and making it a great Lenten season right after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Inner Life Show or email us innerlife at relevantradio.com. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. We're talking about Lent. How is your Lenten journey going? And have you been able to stick with those spiritual goals that you had for the 40 days of Lent? Have you been able to motivate yourself, keep yourself on track? Or <laughs> have you have you found yourself really struggling this Lenten season? And is it time to say, okay, I... I might not have made the first half that great, but I'm going to make the rest of Lent a really good season. Um, maybe you've you've had a great Lenten season. What's helped keep you on track? What's helped you? Uh, if you got that late start, how are you going to make the rest of Lent meaningful? Give us a call. Let us know. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We're talking with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. And Father, um, as we're talking about Lent here, you know, we talked about we don't want to just do the bare minimum or do the things that we're obligated to do. Um, something that also ties into that attitude of wanting to go above and beyond, because we have a relationship and we love Jesus. We want to, to you know, offer those sacrifices. We want to grow closer to him. There's also that aspect of being thankful uh, through Lent, you know, that it can be a joyful time. You know, we, we look at Lent, uh, and a lot of times because it's sacrifice, sacrifice, prayer, you know, give up this, give up that, uh, there might seem to be this drudgery around it in a way, but it really should be a joyful uh, season where we practice that attitude of being thankful. Yeah, I, I think on on paper, when we, you know, think about the gift of Christ on the cross, you could say, oh, it's, it's a sorrowful thing. Uh, but also, it's the sign that death defeated death. And so w- with our own small sacrifices or our giving to the poor, um, I think when we, when we offer sacrifices, we're being united to that of Christ. And I think that is something to rejoice in, that he allows us to share in his sacrifice. Um, how beautiful that he wants to draw us to himself, even in... Uh, that great gift on the cross. And, and I think that's an invitation for all of us in the midst of Lent to, to take some time and to maybe jot down some notes on the graces that the Lord has been bringing forth in you and in your family and in your parish and 
um, to name those and to rejoice in those so that at the end of the season we can look back and say, wow, I was there on Ash Wednesday, and now the Lord has brought me to this place. It's it's inspiring, and it's good, and it's beautiful, and it doesn't have to be a drudgery. And I think that's a reminder for us in the faith in general, but especially in the season of Lent, that um, we're being set apart for a real purpose. Right? Suffering isn't for suffering's sake. It's out of love, and that love is worth reveling in and allowing to uh, bring that joy, that deep sort of rejoicing to the surface, uh, to the world. Yeah, it also reminds me of uh, the parable that Jesus told with the workers, and I just looked it up here. So it's uh, 20th chapter of St. Matthew's Gospel, but there's a landowner, and he has a vineyard, and he goes out at dawn, and then he goes out again at 9 o'clock, he goes out at 3 o'clock, he goes out at 5 o'clock. Every one of these times he goes out and hires more workers to work in the vineyard. And as they come in, they, you know, he, he asks them, especially at, late in the day, why aren't you working? What are you doing out here? Nobody's hired us. And so they come in, and then when it's time to get paid at the end of the day, those who showed up very late in the day, they show up first, and they get the full day's wage. And the people behind are watching, especially those who have been working all day long, and they think, well, if they're getting the full day's wage, we should be getting even more. They don't, so there's this little bit of grumble that happens afterwards, and then the landowner says, you know, what, what's your problem? I gave you exactly what we agreed upon. Um, am I not free to do with my own money as I please? You know, I, I, can, I can pay people, but I, I, if they show up late and, and uh, you know, I've, I've given them the same wage as you, it, it shouldn't matter to you. There's a couple of things that come to my mind with that. One is, as you're talking about, having that that gratitude and approaching Lent as a joyful time, if we come, even if we're late to the game here, God wants to give us as much as he possibly can. It's it's not going to be like he's shortchanging us because we're late to the game, especially if we come into it with a willing and open heart. Exactly. And I, I think the Lord knows our heart and knows um, that sort of uh, shame we might feel in coming late to the game, right? I think it's misplaced shame, but he sees we come with our head down. I, I didn't do it as well as I wish I would have, and just like you know the father and the prodigal son, right? I just imagine him uh, lifting our, our chin up to him and and looking at us and and the love that he has had and will always have for us, and and pouring forth all that grace. And it's amazing how much can happen in one simple moment. Even in my own experience this morning at Mass, you know, I was praying with uh, the Gospel where he asks the, the ill man, do you want to be well? Just thinking about all the times that I've desired something from the Lord, and in this case we're talking about a happy and holy Lent, uh, you desire that, but do you really want it? And then to be able to turn to the Lord and, and allow Him to do it in His way. Oh, well, they... I don't have any buddies to lift me into the pool, the, pool, the pool at Bethesda. Well, sometimes you don't have to be lifted into the pool. Just pick up your mat and go. The same could be, well, I didn't have the full 40 days. Jesus could just say, hey, pick up your mat. You're about to have a powerful two weeks, and you're going to be more prepared for this Easter than you could have ever imagined. Yeah, yeah you know, that <laughs> it also makes me think of so many other people that Jesus met, you know, the woman at the well and, and uh, the woman caught in adultery. 
Um, and in each of those instances, there's that forgiveness. There's not the dwelling on the past. But he also, you know, then prompts them in almost every one of those, go and sin no more. You know, he expects us then to have our lives transformed by that encounter with him. Um, but yeah, he's not dwelling on the past for anyone that he encounters. And that's got to be the same for us today. You know, that when we, as we were talking about earlier, you go into the confessional and those words of absolution are prayed over you, at that moment, then you can walk out and know that Jesus isn't holding on to anything. He's not looking at your past, just like the woman at the well, just like the woman caught in adultery. And you should be able to go forward and, and, and have that attitude of, yes, I, I can look at the world and look at my life in a new light because of Jesus's forgiveness and the grace that I've received in that sacrament. And the woman at the well, right, she wanted to tell everyone about the man who, who told her everything about her life. And we find that sort of inspiration when we allow the Lord to enter into our pain and enter into our failures. The Lord not only gives us that second chance and that hope, but he also instills in us that excitement for the faith again. And so I think that's the invitation in these last few weeks of Lent to say, I want the Lord to renew me. I want him to make this a beautiful time of preparation. And then I want to have this sort of zeal and excitement to share that with uh, the people around me. That's, that's how the church gets build up, built up when we have these moments of encounter with the Lord. Yeah, well, and if you have that encounter, like you say, if you're so overwhelmed by it, it's, it should be a moment where you can't help but want to go out and tell people about it. It, it should have that kind of an impact, not, not again, an obligation of, all right, I know I need to tell people about Jesus, <laughs> but that you're actually wanting to go out and say, I can't, I can't help it. I, I know I've probably told you this uh, three dozen times over the last couple of weeks, but I have to tell you again because it's so exciting how God is working in my life. Exactly, and that's that's the the missionary zeal we're we're trying to capture in our parishes and and in our own souls. But it starts with having that candid conversation with Jesus, like we've been talking about this hour. Yeah, uh, let's let's look at one other aspect here. Let's suppose that I'm somebody who is I've been on track with Lent this year. I feel like it's going great. Things things are going really well, but. I have a spouse, or maybe I have a kid, a teenager, or, you know, a kid in their 20s, they're, you know, doing college, or they're, you know, just starting a job, and they're not really engaged in Lent. It's going well for me individually, but I really, I'd like to help them along. How can I gently nudge that person, that that loved one in my life, and not drive them further away, not do more harm than good? I think right there in your question, the word gently is important. I think sometimes when uh, we've kind of got our things together um, and we do have that excitement, we can come out with some heat right out, out in the uh, the front. But uh, when we're looking at folks who haven't been maybe given the deep gift of faith that we have, it's the power of an invitation, being able to uh, have a way to explain our experience, right? St. Paul says, always have a reason for your hope. Um, so when we talk about our fruitful Lent, right, things have been going so well, you're on track, you're doing the things that, you know, you started on Ash Wednesday. In that moment, I'd, I'd think about and reflect on, what has that done in my soul? How has that brought me joy? And then being able to share that with a spouse or your teenager and to be able to, to name, this has been really beautiful. 
um, for me, and then maybe even stop there. Right then is where we want to say, this is why you should be going to Stations of the Cross. But to just kind of plant those seeds to say, man, I went to Stations on Friday. It was so beautiful. It was quiet. There weren't very many people there. But just to kind of walk through the story just brought me so much peace on Friday. And then just let that be the witness. Um, Other times it could be as simple as saying, hey, I'm going to offer a a decade of the rosary tonight. It's only going to take a couple minutes. We're going to pray for Grandma. Would you want to join me? And if they say no, that's okay. Right? You just add them on top of the intention of, of grandma, and you pray for that individual. So I think it's the power of the invitation and also the power of the witness to be able to share uh, how it's actually helped to form your heart well, unless this is what you're supposed to be doing. I've been doing it and checking my boxes, right? It's it's kind of a shift of, of language when we're making these sort of nudges of our family because we care for them, and we want to share the grace of the season with them uh, but learning first to name how it's been a grace to us. Right. And as you say, we care for them. It's it's so easy, especially as parents, to have what you say to your kids come off as judgmental. And so, you know, you pointed out gently, I'm, I'm just thinking in my mind, listening to you, that I want to do it with love. I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm being judgmental. I want to make that invitation. Anytime I'm talking with one of my kids, I want to make it something where it shows them that I, I have the best in mind for them, and I want it to be that gentle, welcoming invitation that you're talking about. Um, Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Barbara, who is calling in from Front Royal, Virginia. Hi, Barbara. Welcome to The Inner Life today. Oh, hi. Thank you so much for having me on. I could just cry. Um, yeah, I um, was baptized Catholic. I came from a strict Catholic catholic family until my mom and dad had issues of their own and got divorced and it, and i went down a real bad road and back in 9-11 during 9-11 i came back to the church but i had seven children and not one of them did i have baptized as catholic one converted one met a catholic girl and became a catholic and at the wedding reception her father turned to me and said now let's pray for a miracle and i turned to him and i said i already got my miracle him becoming a Catholic. My hardest part right now is um, my children weren't baptized Catholic. I'm afraid to join the church and put down on paper that I was Catholic. You know, I'm, I've been, I say the rosary every day, which I do have to put this in. It, it, these Catholics say that are so good, good, good Catholics, and they say, oh, I have a hard time praying the rosary. How do you have a hard time praying the rosary? It only takes 15 minutes. So, so I pray the rosary every day, and um, and sometimes you know, it's, and I and I talk to God daily, and I do it. But my biggest problem is that I didn't raise my children Catholic, and it's killing me, killing me. Yeah, it can be difficult when we look back and play the the what if game. You know, it's it's hard because we see like, man, I really should have, could have uh, done that, but. Um, right now, the Lord is still active, and He's still a part of their life and yours. And and I think that's where we we begin again each day with the Lord. Right, His mercy is being made new every day. And uh, it seems you've been given the, the great gift of faith and dedication to daily prayer. And in that, we trust that the Lord is working right? and continue to be that witness of strength uh, to your kids. And 
and who knows, in God's time, they may uh, be given the eyes to see what the Lord's been doing in your soul and, and want to take a step closer. Uh, but it is, it's difficult, and it's a real sacrifice to to see that maybe they aren't as far along as we wish they would have been. Right. Yeah, you know, another thing that comes to mind, Father, listening to Barbara, is as you're talking, you know, she has that daily prayer life that's already there, and looking at that example of St. Monica, you know, she's mainly a saint just for praying nonstop for her son, St. Augustine. You know, he became a saint because of the prolific writing, because of so many things he did, but uh, St. Monica, she's a saint mainly for praying her son back into the faith. And that that just those prayers can do so much. They can, and it, it can be difficult because we can't have that um, right away gratification that we hope for. Oh yeah, uh, but we we keep returning to the well. Right. So Barbara, I I would very much encourage you to uh, ask for the intercessions of Saint Monica, and uh, you know she she knows exactly what you're going through there, and I'm sure she'll be a strong advocate for you as you pray and ask for your children to be able to be baptized and enter the church. Father, we are down to just the last 30 seconds here or so of the program. I want to thank you for being on with us and ask, would you mind giving a blessing for all of our listeners before we end today? Of course. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Father, we ask your blessing upon your sons and daughters, that in a particular way the Spirit might descend upon them and renew them in the spirit of Lent, that they might see the gift of their sacrifices, their almsgiving, their fasting. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Bobby Blood, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, has been our spiritual director today. And thank you for being with us. Thank you for listening. And you can always let us know if there's a topic you'd love us to discuss on The Inner Life, you can send me an email, innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. Again, that's innerlifeatrelevantradio.com. And, of course, if you missed anything today, make sure you go grab that podcast either through RelevantRadio.com or the Relevant Radio app. And uh, uh, looking forward to talking tomorrow on the life of St. Patrick and witnessing, looking at that example of St. Patrick, how we can witness to those around us, follow his example. Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next. Father Edward Looney is our celebrant, and we will see you tomorrow here on The Inner Life.